When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting from beautiful, sexy, sunny Studio City, California, this is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack, and this is perhaps the most anticipated episode of the Knapsack Files in its young history. I don't even know what episode this is because we're now going to be uh, having encore presentations on Toad Hop Network and also our normal locations, iTunes and Stitcher. But that said, business out of the way. Here is what I really believe. This There's been anticipation building for this episode all day. That is because I have one of my longtime friends, as I have on this show, the people that are important to me, who I find interesting and entertaining, who have been in my life and I want to bring into your life. And he's also, well, he's kind of a... Well, you're, annoyance. You're not, annoyance? No. No? You're a powerful force I, in my life currently. I, well, that's very nice. Mr. Christian Harloff. Hey, Kenny Knapsack, and I'm the only guy that calls you. Well, everyone calls you Kenny now because of me. Yeah. Can we, let's start off strong <laughs> let's with start that. Right with let's that. start off strong let's with that. Let's do it. Let's do it. You hate I it. I met you maybe 2004 or 5. I don't know. Because you didn't talk to me for a few years because I wasn't cool. That was so stupid. We'll get yeah, into that. Too. We'll that's, get into that. That's not, and then you that's discovered that, oh, I like G.I. Joe and wrestling too. And yeah. you're like, oh, maybe. That's not maybe what that, happened at all. But we'll maybe get, maybe we'll, that nerd is cool enough. So stupid. Um, um, but yeah, you because of Mark Franco, yes. who's uh, the man behind White Boy Comedy Productions yes. and back in the day Rebels of Comedy, he always called me Kenny, yeah. Kenny. So I think you picked up on it. Now you being from New York, I think that's what it. I think it's an East Coast thing. It's to an be East honest, Coast because thing because it's like my my dad, my dad would like, hey Uncle Marky, my, you know, and like right. Uncle Marky's coming over, Paulie, you know, it's it's, it's always in, you know the 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 Y or the I E whatever, and I. Uh, yeah, I just always knew you as Kenny, so I guess now yeah. it transferred over and everybody calls you Kenny. Well, yeah, and that's so I have people, even uh, I think even uh, lately Tiffany Smith it called said, you Kenny? sent me an email, uh, told a friend, like, this is a Kenny Knapsack. No, 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 Why no, do you no. hate it so much? Uh, because at about nine years old, I ditched it. Yeah, but it's not most kids but, do. But now you now you got it back. At a, you should now you should want it because look at look at everything that's happening right now with the show and everything too. You yeah. are the Schmozno producer. You're so yeah. good at it. Everyone knows you with the suit and the news. Yeah. You're Kenny Nassau. No, own Kenny that Nassau. shit, bitch. I'm gonna try to own it. I'm trying to. You know, I don't. Uh, I've gotten to the point where I just go. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kenny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you must be one of Christian's friends. <laughs> um, all right. So let's let's uh, let's let's take back. There's a lot to talk about with Schmozno.com and Schmo no reviews and how that empire has grown. Yeah. I know a lot of people want to hear about that, but uh, in a nutshell, we know the story. You and Ellis Sussman movie start talking about it. Ba ba boom, ba right. ding, you're right. good. No, there's a lot more there. I want to go behind that. I want to go before that. I yeah. want to go even before when I met you. You yeah. are a New York kid. New York kid, Queens, Bayside. What does that What does that mean to me? What does that mean to you? Where is it? It's, yeah. it's, it's in. It's a little town. Not a little town, but it's you know it's a town in um, in Queens and. Uh, I, I, you know, I grew up there from the time I was, I guess I left when I was 18. I went to, okay. I was there, for, I grew up in Bayside for the first like 18 years. And it's, um, you know, it's pretty much, it's not the Bronx, it's yeah. not the Bronx, but it's, right. um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's about what you think of when you think of Queens. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I lived there for about 18 years. I went, then I left and I went to Iona college for my first okay. year. So yeah. I'm still stuck on you growing up because I'm envisioning you playing stickball I next play to some 55 Did caddies. I ever tell you about playing stickball? No. I you play, play stickball all the time. I was, That's dude, a I was staple a, of New York. I was obsessed with stickball. We used to keep stats. Like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I, was, I was the guy that, like, you, I was either, either going to strike out or hit it, like. Right. You'd hit the, it just my eye would be on that fucking tennis. Did you ball. guys sit there arguing about Willie Mays, Duke Snyder, and Mickey Mantle? In the all, 50s? It's all the time. Came, we'd be screaming at everything. Like, and again, I was a I, in Queens. You're supposed to be a Mets fan. Yeah, and right. I was a Yankee fan. So like, I would just be, which I, is another one of our connections. Yeah, why you started to think I was cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Can we get into that, please, soon? Okay, uh, well, now let's come. Right, I want to finish fine. in Queens, because I'm having this vision place. of you, like a little Italian immigrant on the streets of Queens playing stickball. Hey, hey, hey. go father, sticky, go father. I was obsessed. We, we, we played in a little, we played in a school in, right. Uh, in right down the block from my house. It was a, and it was like, it was a little closed off box, and you, they would take 
tape and yeah. have the tape around this one area where we throw the ball, right. and, uh, and then just a big X with electrical tape, and you would have like certain places where you would literally where you'd stand where you'd oh, if you hit a pass there, if you, it's almost like wiffle ball. You know, it's like, but if, well, you, if you hit it past there, it's a double and, and so on. I grew up in California, so we had a little more space to play with. Me and my friends actually built wiffle ball stadiums with pallets, and we each had our own yeah, stadiums. So you, you know. And so we knew. Yeah. So you it's, kept. It's you the kept same st- thing. It's just, it, it, it's, it was stickball. Right. Which is sometimes, and even if you didn't, like they sold, this is like, that's what New York was. Like right. they sold stickball bats. So you're out there playing with some cannolis and stickballs. I, 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 you know, you're yeah. like, uh, you know, once upon a time in America it, to it, me. It, it, was, it was like that. It was, it was like that. It was which fun. is a movie I have seen. Josh but I did intern. have a mullet. I did have you a did, mullet. Oh, I had a mullet yeah. too. Now, there's a famous video that you cannot seem, you cannot find on the internet. Not I've anymore. looked about you singing bad with your brother. It, it went brothers. Brothers. Yeah, we, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Well, there that that is in, too. There's, it, it is a trio there. That was in Florida, man. We went to Florida and we sang Michael Jackson's Bad. And it is one of the funniest videos. I, I'll put it on Schmo Plus. <laughs> you should be brave and put it on. You're I will. It's, you know, I, I, it, I didn't take it off because I was embarrassed. I took it off because I want to put it on Schmo Plus eventually. Absolutely. It yeah. will generate a lot of hits. And uh, um, gosh, like. Uh, it's so funny because you and I had the same mullet. We had the relief pitcher mullet. So the Van Dam, the Van, Van Dam. Um, Mine was a little more on the Dennis Eckersley side of oh, things. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, the relief pitcher, but kind of spreads solid. down by the shoulders, yeah. but it's like <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. All right. So you, you you go off to college. What did you leave to college for? Did you have a plan from that point? No. I mean, I mean, honestly, like I, I, I was one of these kids. I had a, I had a girlfriend. I went to an all boys Catholic high school. Oh yeah, that yeah. explains a lot. Well, yeah, it was it was like Oz, that TV right. show Oz, is, and like the whole hallway, it just smelled like the whole school farted at the same time, you know. And then I went, uh, I had a girlfriend in sophomore year, and that was just it for me. That was she was my first, she was my first everything, you know, everything, so, oh, first everything, first love, yeah, everything. So I was I was there, and I and I was like, okay, that's I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay with her. I. I'll just hang out with her. I'll live in Queens all my life, and I'll get right. married to this girl. And then things don't work out. Right. And I wound up going to. I actually went to Florida with my my dad for like a summer because he had moved there. Right. Right. So I said, all right, I'm going to go to. Um, I hang out with my dad. See what see what's going to happen. Then I went. Then I went back to went back to New York, and I went to Iona College for my first year of college, which is in a little a little school in New Rochelle. It's a bit it was a business school. Oh, okay. Well, that yeah. sounds boring. It was boring, uh, but it was fun because it was my first time away uh, from. Being at home, right. my first time, like I lived by myself, and I it was like, oh wait, a minute, I, there's actually a wild animal in here. Did you have a, a strict upbringing? Um, not from my dad, really. My uh-huh. mom was like kind of like an angry Italian lady, okay. but um, not really strict as much as uh, yeah, yeah strictish, strictish, but. But I, I didn't really at that point. So when my you parents, struck, you're pretty, you're a pretty wild guy in a way. Not, I don't mean that wild like. Uh, that didn't develop though until I went, Yeah. Oh, so did that? Okay. So that came. You were you a quiet kid or no, were you a performer? No. no. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I, I can't was, imagine I, you being quiet. I was an asshole kid. Yeah. I was just talking about. You know, it was funny. I was texting back and forth with my friends from grammar school yesterday. It's funny that that this got brought up just now because we were going back for these little sayings that we used to do, and I, my eighth grade teacher was like my arch nemesis. His name was Mister Pirigo. And and he he hated me because I I all these things I came up with like these catchphrases and we used to say Moon Canyon and every time he hit his head on the American flag I'd go huff head on flag and a whole the whole is class it, is that room. akin to you making the fart noises at the end of schmo videos uh-huh. and pissing Ellis off yeah. yeah 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 things like that I, that's that's so, so that's been that's been a characteristic from a long time forever and I, you know screaming little catchphrases and things class like that. clown I was the class clown yeah <sighs> and I was the I was the big class clown and then like and one of the things that I did in in that class was I, ha- you know, when you call in sick so many times yeah. that y- you call in sick, you go downstairs, you call your mom and they pick you up. I had done it so many times that they said, no, it doesn't matter if you're sick, you're, you're not. So I was like, what am I going to do? Were you like the Ferris Bueller of your high school? And, uh, this was in high school. This is, this is still eighth grade. Oh, this junior high, eighth, middle, middle yeah, school? This, this oh, was eighth wow. grade. Uh, I wasn't Ferris Bueller as much as I was just like, uh oh, here comes Harloff. Just lock the doors. You know, I was like, because <laughs> were you a popular kid? Um, no, I, I'm not. torn. I'm torn on you because from I wasn't though from the outside yeah. looking in when I didn't know you back in the day, I could I would have maybe assumed you were kind of the popular jock kid in high school. I get that, and that's fine, and that's not me. It and that's no, not you. No. I've learned there's a little like bit of layers. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we love sports, but there's you know you know you could name the starting five for the Autobots. Yeah, easily. I was I was I was into and I was into wrestling. I was in, oh, that was my yeah. thing. I was a big. I was into like the Hulk Hogan stuff and Randy Savage stuff back then. And like no, I was in movies and and right. geeky stuff. And I had I had a couple buddies like my buddy Brian Cashia and and 
Victor Garcia. We were we were like kind of like the we were the geeky kind of we weren't the nerds because we weren't that we would, we weren't good in school. Yeah. Um, but we were the guys that were just like cracking jokes all the time and stuff. And but no, I mean, so I without you, the nerd stuff without the social anxiety. But, well, I and had the crossover no, I appeal. Had so, I had the social anxiety. Really? Too. Yeah, because my I've never seen you uncomfortable or embarrassed other, other than when someone asks about Katie Sackoff. No, <laughs> 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 so, so we. It was funny because, like, I was, um, like, for me, like, you, you threw me off. <laughs> You're uncomfortable. Uh, well, yeah, there you go. But no, I wasn't uncomfortable, though, as, uh, you know, once I got into college and I found myself. Like, okay. And in school, I was, in, I was like, I, it w- I think it was my parents' divorce when I was younger. Like, it was only, okay. that's when you get thrown into a different, it's like, how are you going right. to handle this? Who am I? You know? Yeah. And I, did, I, had no, I had no idea. I didn't, I just knew I liked to crack jokes. I always knew that I liked that laughter. I right. always knew that I liked, like, I would sit there, like, and I wasn't listening in class, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to say this, I'm going to hit, ah, this will definitely get a laugh. I remember being, being that. Well, then that's that. interesting, though, because that, that means to me you were a class clown with some layers. I believe, like, what Seinfeld says, where most great successful stand-up comedians weren't the class clowns, they were the ones who'd make a joke, and nine months later were going, I could have said that better. Yeah. What you're saying is you had some pre-planning. You weren't just some doofus yelling, I, you were like, I knew, I planned, out, I planned out those farts. Like I knew, like again, like I knew, <laughs> I knew, perfect. like perfect example. Of what I was saying is that I that that whole the school thing, like about mm. being sick. I was like, how am I going to get out of this? Right. So I organized it with my friend Victor, and I said, I'm going to fake a faint. And I sat in the back of the class, and it's like it's a it's a famous people. Every time we had a reunion, 20, 20, uh, fifteen years, whatever the hell it was, yeah. and and I always remember the faint. I literally was sitting there, and I just decided I took a dive and I fell off the chair. The teacher who hated my guts came running over. He's like, he's like loosening my tie. You took a bump. Oh, I took a bump. I fell. I went down and people like, and I told my friend, Victor, I said, when I fall, you have to say, holy shit, he fainted to really sell it. And he did. He screamed it out. And so the guy came and he's, and he's, and he's like, he slapped me on the face and he's, he's making sure I'm okay. And I I remember thinking to myself, if I crack a smile, I'm toast. And then he looks at me and he's like, He's like, you better be telling the truth. He looks at me. He's like, all right, you're going to the principal's office. And then my yeah. mom came, picked me up, and went home, and I watched TV all day. You sure it wasn't Mia Sara picking you up and Cameron no, Fries? No, 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 I didn't, I, no. I, I, I literally probably had something like He-Man or something to watch that I wanted to watch at home. That's that was that was. The, so you were a prankster from the early gate days. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. still love that prank shit. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. you get a smile on your face. And when, that happened. That, it was funny though too because I was a good kid up until about the fifth grade. Fifth grade, I was all about like straight A's and everything too. And then, so when did your parent? When did your parents? Fifth grade. Get, fifth, your parents got divorced in fifth grade. Feel so, like they split up in fifth grade. Okay. And I just like I said, shit's on now. Text textbook. That's it. Uh, psychoanalysis yeah, there. But, uh, but, but I was still. But I was. I wasn't a popular kid. It couldn't okay. get girls for shit. Really? Nah, I was. Terrible. That's not the Harloff I well, came to know. I was, dude. I was terrible with girls. Like I remember, like this girl, mm-hmm. this girl, I don't care. Vanessa Guilford was her name. Right? <laughs> Hi, Vanessa. And, yeah, she she was, uh, and she and I told her. I said she was my she was my first crush. She said I'm the first guy that ever asked her for pizza. I was like, yeah, but you still said no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like that, so, yeah, wow, that, yeah. So uh, again, like so, then I went to. Um, I think it was it was college. It was my first year getting away, mm-hmm. going to Iona. That I it was probably the first time I really was able to drink, also. Yeah. And I said, uh, I said, oh, this is different. You're 18. It was too young to drink. I was I was 17 when I went to, when I went to college. Oh wow. Yeah, I was 17. You started young. Well, yeah, but I was I was going I was going to be 18 like three months gotcha. after I started. But gotcha. uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and that was it. I just I remember being that freedom. And I said, "Oh, okay." And you decided to own it. That was it. But and I always knew that I was coming to California, though. So you, did you have a plan? Did you yeah. you didn't know you were going to be a stand up comic? But no, I always knew I was going to go to Los Angeles, though, because when I was yeah. in the seventh grade, like when I was probably at the height of my unhappiness in grammar school, mm-hmm. my mom took me to San Diego for two weeks, gotcha. three, three weeks, three weeks actually, three weeks, with my brothers, and it was like another planet. It mm-hmm. was like I was like, wait a minute, I'm like the cool New Yorker here. I'm like, oh, and yeah. I'm like, they're laughing at my jokes, but like, I can get girls here. Like, right. I can talk. I'm like, this is a different place. You're like an here. ugly British guy, more or less. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, it was the fact that I could. It's like I knew. I it was the first time I felt like me. You okay. know, like I was like, I like the, the me of today. Yeah, you know? that's where I was able to do oh, that. A scary like, me. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I was able to do that kind of stuff. And I just, I remember going. I'm coming back to uh, to California. Right. I didn't know if it was San Diego or wherever it was, but I said California, and then that was just always my goal. And the more and more I want to perform, and so it wasn't necessarily quote unquote Hollywood. It was just you. You wanted to go west. I wanted to man. go to what? I wanted to go west. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Th- so from that first college, the business boring business college, you end up at FSU. Um, no. From okay. there, I went to because then I was still back and forth with that girl. 
by the oh, way. Oh, that I girl, your it first was, everything. Yeah, she was back and forth, huh. and I went, did you ever meet Teresa? No. So, I just can't imagine you stopping at one, so. Yeah, <laughs> so she, well, that was the thing. She was, she was, that's a name we should remember here, because she comes back to play a Teresa. lot in, sto- okay. in these stories. Yeah, uh, she, she's actually, the girl in our pilot that we shot together was yeah. based, the girlfriend, and that was based off of her. She comes, it all comes back around. Oh, the, the, uh. Not the Gen Pio character. No, the, tra- the Serena Vincent. Serena Vincent's so, character. Okay. But, so anyway, um, so Teresa and I were back and forth. We had on and off, you know, any high school relationship. But I had just started yeah. college. And, and then it just, it just went south. And, mm-hmm. I went, and I went to St. Petersburg with my dad. And, I, and my grades were yeah. uh, uh, iffy. And I said, okay, if I get my grades up to a certain point, I can go to St. Petersburg Junior College. And then mm-hmm. after a while, just transfer over to Florida State if I get my grades good enough. Yeah. So I did that plan. And then I, that was the goal was just to get myself into Florida State. Are you? You're still at this point. You're not doing stand up comedy, right? No, I didn't, start, I didn't start. I didn't start stand up. The first time I ever did, I, you know, I always thought about doing it. Never yeah. really did it. The first time I ever did it was at Florida State. Okay. And you also were? Did you promote boxing or something back then? That was the first time I did that was in Queens in high school. Tell me about that. The How first did you time get I ever into promoted, that. Well, I've always I was always a boxing fan. My dad yeah. raised me on boxing. Um, I always loved, loved watching boxing. And then I got a pair of, bo- I had t- two sets of boxing gloves and I always, and I was a big wrestling guy. I was always yeah. into wrestling. So yeah. Teresa's brother, my girlfriend, there's the time, Teresa again, yeah. she's going to pop in a few times. Her brother was, I was like, you know, I want to do like a boxing thing. I want to like take bets and stuff. And he's yeah. like, I'll fight. I'm like, all right. And then this fucking kid, Frankie was this, you know, this like the asshole kid. Frankie. Of the yeah. It was Frankie. And, and Frankie is a Frankie. You want to fight? And they fought. And I'm like, well, I'm just not going to have them fight. I want to take bets. I'm going to have a crowd. I'm going to take a camera and interview people what they think and everything too. And I had this whole thing and I set it all up. And I can that I put that I will put on Shrill Plus. I still have. I've that seen fight. videos. I've seen some of the videos. I don't know if it was that high school. Not that one. You saw I Florida State. I saw the Florida it's, State it, one. This this one was like this was by like monkey bars <laughs> underneath the school. <laughs> you look slide. You, yeah, yeah. You that's it, exactly where it was. And if you look and you see people, you're like. That is not anywhere except Queens. Like you yeah. know, when you see these people, there's it's that's like, the Once Upon a Time in America, yeah, Rocky and, Balboa story. And I did that a couple of times, and that was, and then it was like I said, that was in high school. People right. heard about it. People were calling me Don Don King, yeah, and everything. And um, little mix are you? Yeah, Just yeah. Like and getting it, it in it there. Happened. And then I did it on Iona also yeah. uh, when I went my first year. In the back of the dorm, they had a whole, I um, had this whole like grassy area, and we had kids like uh, they would drive up. And the cameras were on them, and they and they would get out of the car with their like robes on and stuff like bathrobes, and <laughs> and they would fight. And I would take and I, and I I paid for a lot of stuff. I made a, I made some good money doing that. Um, and I well, you've been a schemer since since, since the early the, yeah, days. Since you've been get. nothing but a schemer. Yeah. So so let's uh, let's jump around here a little bit. And yeah. by the way, is there going to be the schmoes no fighting league soon? Maybe no. Nah, those, those those days are done. Those days are done. You know, again, the, the whole the UFC thing. I I wanted to do because in in Florida yeah. State we did Thursday night fights. Yeah, is what it was called. I wanted to do a reality show. My buddy Andrew Freed is a producer. Yeah. Um, he and I were working on that, and then the the Ultimate Fighter show started, and I was uh-huh. like, dude, these guys got it right. I'm like, yeah, let's yeah. just back off because these guys. This is this is what people are going to watch, and that was the show that I wanted to see. M- MMA and more specifically. UFC seems to have got the perfect mix of reality and showmanship. Yeah, it took, that, it took yeah. me. It, it stole me away from boxing. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. And it stole a lot of people away yeah. from wrestling, from the Attitude Era. Yeah. Let's talk about wrestling quickly. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to turn this into a wrestling podcast, but I know a lot of people want to know. you. Um, it's well known on the Schmoes Know podcast and in Schmoville. I'm a big wrestling fan. I work in wrestling mm-hmm. and co-own and operate Millennium Pro Wrestling. And you are a wrestling fan, though you're not an active I used to viewer. Be. I, used to you, be, yeah. I used to be obsessive like you. Yeah. Like everything. I, only, I mean, I, like, I knew all the websites I knew right. all this, everything I mean I, I could tell you all the champions all that I mean right. I was obsessed right um, yeah it was legit like when you, you when I first when it first kind of came out with you it wasn't like oh I knew Hulk Hogan and Coco beware like no, no I you, knew you knew it yeah. but then you wrote for the WWE well that was the reason why because I was so my, my a buddy of mine was like dude why don't you try to like do something with them because I mean, right. when I got out to California I was watching you know SummerSlam and, and Survivor Series right. and all this stuff I had those big parties and my friends said, "Why don't you try to do something?" I'm like, "All right, you know, maybe I should." And then it turns out my friend Jay, his girlfriend at the time, was working at WWE. Okay. Just I mean, it's WWF at the time, but it's yeah. w- and and ran it like in the finance department. And, and I was like, you know, this WrestleMania 17 was coming up, and it was in Houston, I think. Or yeah, yeah, Houston was the big one. Houston. Yeah. So I said, and we're and we're like, let's just drive there. So we drove from LA to Houston. I said, all right, let's go. And 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 they, they, all the rest. She gave she we stayed at the same hotel, so I had the whole layout where everybody was. And she said, you know, all the wrestlers are going to be at that bar down there. So I went down there, and everybody's going after all the wrestlers. And everybody's yeah. talking to the wrestlers. And I'm like, 
I'm like, nah, nah, I'm looking. I'm, and then I see Paul Heyman, Paulie Dangerously. Paulie Dangerously, yeah, Paul Heyman. And I walk up to him and I said, Paul, I said, look, I know you get this question all the time, like how you become a wrestler. And he looks at me, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, how do you become a writer? And he goes, write a letter. And I go, I did. He goes, write another one. And I'm like, great advice. <laughs> it's great advice. And I, so I, and I went to WrestleMania 17. I, yeah. I, I, I went and enjoyed the thing. And I got home and I wrote a letter to not only Stephanie and Vince McMahon, but to right. st- I've, I've got the girl, the girlfriend, um, my buddy's girlfriend, I got all the lists of everybody and I right. wrote every single person on the creative team. I wrote every single person like that I could find. Like I just, right. And I sent it. And then it was basically, it was like, the, you remember uh, in Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. Did you see when, when Andy Dufresne keeps writing the letters and yeah. they're like, just fine, here's the, here's the record player, just stop. You right. know, and, and they basically said, we want you to write samples for us. Okay. And, so, and so I wrote the samples after they asked me to do it. And it was, it was all like Chris Jericho stuff. And it was, it was right in that transition between WCW and WWF. Yeah, so this is about, what, 99? No, no, no. 2000? This, this, is, this is like, yeah, like mid-2000, 2001. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. No, yeah, two thousand. It was two thousand. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly when it was. Um, and then so I, I wrote it, and then they're they're like Stephanie's really impressed. Uh, Vince was impressed. They want they want to fly out, and they want to they want to wow. have a meeting after I did like two samples. So they flew me in, and again I'm like twenty one at the time or something like that, uh, and twenty one, twenty two. I can't remember what it was. And I I walk into the meeting, and it was it was Paul Heyman. Um, Brother Love, I, whatever his name Bruce is. Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, yeah. I, I refuse. He was a cock, so I refuse to get his name right. Yeah, um, he is. Um, my, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes, mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie, and uh, the two of the other writers is Brian Gerwitz. Brian Gerwitz, Gerwitz yeah. and uh, God, what's this guy's name? Pete something. I mm-hmm. can't remember. But anyway, uh, and then they, you know, they, they grilled me and they had to sign. I remember reading an interview with Triple H yeah. to where it said, like, someone had asked him if he didn't get it, this, what would, he, what would he have done? And he's like, I would have done the same thing again. I would have tried again. Right. And then, so Paul Heyman asked me in the middle of the interview, he goes like, if you don't get this job, what would you do? I said, I'd probably write you a letter next week and ask you if I can have it again. And he goes, you're hired. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and then they all, so they all said, so, and then what Paul Heyman did, he's like, he said, there's something so, about you too. He brought me into yeah. the announcer's booth. And yeah, like, I, I remember outside. you telling me that, yeah. yeah and, he, and, he's, and they tried me out there, and I was so, you talk about being nervous, I was nervous yeah. there. So let me. You're in a room with Paul Heyman, Michael yeah. PSAs of the Freebirds, Bruce Pritchard, yeah, uh, who Stephanie. is a, uh, Stephanie McMahon, and Vince himself. Vince wasn't there for that meeting, okay. but, but I did work with Vince. But even right then, off. that's a group of intimidating wrestling yeah, personalities, yeah, especially at that time. And, and I, you're I mean, a young I, kid who just kind of not tricked your way in, but just kind of hey, uh, yeah, I mean, let I me just, be part of the team. Well, but this was the thing that they do, and I don't know if they still do this, but and I found out that they had done it before, and then they've continued to do it afterwards. What they do is, and it's smart if you think about it in a business way. They take LA writers, mm-hmm. take Hollywood writers, and they recycle them. So right. they get you for like a couple of weeks, or you know, my case was like a month and a half, two months, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And they uh, and they just they they if you get to a certain point, they have to pay you a salary. Right. So if if they don't if they don't keep you before that, they cut you. They mm-hmm. keep the ideas that you submitted. They use them, and then that that's it. They pay you whatever. It was a nice amount of money that I made while I was there, yeah. but not as much as what I made had I got past that point because they had to pay me a year's right. salary. Right, and they did that, and they recycled a lot of writers that way. They churn out writers left yeah. and right. What? And it's very inside, though, dude. I mean, like yeah. they they like. Paul Heyman was really cool to me. He was t- took me under his wing, tried to do some stuff too. Wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him across the room, but right. I still, he was the guy that, that took me in. Uh, Michael P.S. Hayes and Bruce Pitcher hated me. They, really, really? Oh, I could tell they hated me. They, they, they knew. They, they, I saw it in their eyes afterwards when you start re- reflecting. Yeah. They knew that I was, I was gone. Like, right. They knew. Like they, the, and Shane McMahon actually was starting to warm up with me. At really? Because he was, he, was, he was like that tough love dude. Not a dick the way those guys. Well, Michael P.S. Hayes wasn't as much as a dick as, as Bruce Pritchard. Pritchard right. But anyway, um, and again, I was a young kid. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And, um, and, you know, I was, and I was still a, f- I was a super fan, too. Like now, like I would have dealt with the situation. Different, whole right? Yeah, I mean, like, again, I was when I met Stone Cold, uh, Steve Austin. I was like, I was like, it would have been uh, like, yeah. had like a thirteen-year-old met him. It right. would have been the same thing. But yeah, I was thrown him. into it, man. And then I was thrown into it like, they, so I remember someone handing me a paper, going, "Here, go write this for um for for uh what's his who's the dude the one that did all the stockbroking and stuff too. My God, I can't the. The the she was a champion from Texas the, the oh J, JBL JBL um so but this is before he was this is when he we was, was, when br- he was. Uh, Bradshaw yeah yeah so yeah. anyway they say, they said okay go write something for them for the APA APA and, that's and, it, and run before you do it go run it by Vince 
So I had to go, and I, it was just Vince and I sitting in a room wow. going back and forth on stuff. And he's like, what about that? He's like, that's good writing. What about that? Okay, great. And then he didn't, there's this, it, was, it was a lot. I mean, this, we could do a whole show. Yeah, we could. We yeah. totally, I'll totally bring you on to talk about, I mean, guy in a room with Vince alone. I was on a private plane with him. I ate his shrimp sitting next yeah. to him. For, for I remember I asked you, yeah. when you when I first met him, I said, you ever meet Vince? I was around him every day. Every Writers day. surrounded him, every flew day. with him. Yeah. And um, what, what did you get on TV? I know you yourself were on TV, I was on TV. with The Rock. What did I get on TV? I, I, I helped with the whole milk truck angle with Brian. It was Brian's okay. main thing, but I, I helped that. I helped, I mean, the, the I did a lot of stuff with Test. I did stuff mm-hmm. with, uh, with it was Stone Cold. I did stuff with The, with the Rock. Which right. Is with stuff we're on. Did you do the Perry Saturn mop yeah, angle? Yeah, yeah, that was all. That was all me. Like not yeah. not the angle. I didn't come up. But they. But do you remember there was one that he he lost his mop and he's he, and he's he, he sticks the milk carton in the front and then he does I, all, I do. But uh, yeah, that I, was and I wrote some big comedic thing and it worked over pretty well. But, and Vince went, I like this guy. Yeah, and then the, oh, and then they, but they got rid of me, and I went, and that's when I got back together with Teresa. We really? were broken up for for like five and a half years. We were broken up for five and a half years this is through, coll- through college um, when I really, in Florida State, where I really went nuts. Um, and then when I got back, uh, when I was in uh, Connecticut, right. I, I would stay in Queens with my mom. And then I got back with her. And then I was like, I'm going back to L.A. because they canned me. Yeah. And this was a week before September 11th. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And then I went back uh, to L.A. And then her and I just started talking. And then she moved out here. She fo- followed you? She followed no. me a year later in September. Oh, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, oh, girl, this is me, man. I, uh, October, <laughs> you can call me girl at this point. Uh, October or November of 2002, she moved out here. And then you guys tried again? Yeah, we tried again. But Qu- like, Quickly on the yeah, rest yeah, of the thing, yeah. is it true that you asked Stacey Keebler out and that's why you got fired? That's not why I got fired, no. But uh, I... You um, did ask Stacy Keebler out. I asked her to a wedding when right. because the this thing like and the funny thing is too I ran into her again um, at uh, you know now that she's she's big time the whole Clooney yeah. thing and everything too and she but she this was before Clooney but she was at my buddy Eric Olson in Navi she was in there for a general meeting and I went back in there and because we her and I spent a lot of time together right she didn't remember me for shit when I went back in there <laughs> and and dude we spent like five hours on a plane and then she had like fallen asleep like on my shoulder and people I felt the eyes on me right I right, felt right. the eyes because Stephanie called me in the next day because because and I asked her to a wedding and she's like yeah yeah I would I would go and then I uh and then Stephanie's like we don't date the wrestlers and I'm like aren't you married <laughs> aren't but, you but 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 again like I said like now I see Stacey Keebler shouldn't know who doesn't, doesn't know who no, you are. not at all yeah not yeah all. yeah all right well we like I said we could totally do a yeah, yeah, two hours sure. on wrestling yeah. um but what that story tells me though it, that sets the standard and bar for you as a person if you want something you're going to go out and get it you have that drive, which is something I've always known and, and respected in you. Like, I'm going to do, uh, you know what I want to do? I want to do my own TV pilot. You're going to go do it. You want to do, I want to start a Schmozno movie review business. And we're all your friends are like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Now it's an empire growing. Um, so you come out here and you want to do stand up. Yeah. You focused on that. I didn't come out here to be stand up, though. It was funny. Right. I came out here actually to, to, to write and, and direct. Um, okay. Because I always, because when I was younger, I shot like short films and I. And I was writing. I went to I went to New York Film Academy, UCLA, while I was at Florida State. You're a regular J.J. Abrams. <laughs> no, uh, no, no lens flares. No, I'm just kidding. I hate when people talk about the lens flares. Um, but I, uh, no, I did, I did, um, I did short films, and that's what I wanted to do. But I did stand up in in college. Right. So when I got out here, did I ever tell you a story like how I first got up on let's stage? T- no, you haven't told our fans. So let's tell 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 everybody. Right, so my buddy Adam Winkleman, who's pretty much uh, Josh McCuga's looper, um, <laughs> and he's like my best friend <laughs> in the world, he's, and he's uh, he's he's you know he was he was the ladies' man. I have never seen a vagina that hasn't found its way to Adam. That's very true. Uh, and and he took me for my twenty second birthday, took me to the Improv in uh, okay. in Hollywood, California, and. We were sitting. We were sitting up at, at you know the, the back booth, and yeah. every and it was packed. It was one of those pictures, and Rick Overton was up there. I never told you a story. You may have, but uh, yeah. keep but, talking, but man. Rick, but Rick Overton, uh, Rick Overton is up there. He's, he's a very funny guy. One he, of the greats. Just Google, always stoned. But Google one of the search greats. him. You absolutely know yeah. who he is. You've seen him a million and super nice guy. But he's up there doing this improv thing, and he, and he's crushing. Yeah. And so he's up there with his troupe, and then he says, you know what we do every once in a while is we invite somebody up here. Uh, to, to just kind of go back and forth with us, but nobody ever has the balls to. And that just went, <coughs> it clicked in my I was hammered at the time. You're like a boxing promoter. You're but, like, eh. But I was hammered at the time. I, I had never been on stage in Los Angeles right. in my life. Right. And this is the Hollywood Improv. So 
I jumped up on stage, and they looked like sharks ready to eat a minnow, and I fucking slayed. I was throwing, I was throwing impressions. I was doing this back and forth. I just was. I had no fear, and right. it was. A, it was that feeling of just like, and I felt this rush of laughter that I had right. never experienced before because Florida State was one thing. Yeah, but this was this was the big show, the Hollywood Improv. Yeah, this is the big show. So, and I was like, whoa, and I'm like, and, and I just, and they couldn't believe how I was going back and forth. And it, this was like a, a magic, a magic thing. It wasn't like I can do this every night. This was this was a one time thing. I would not recommend anyone else. Any no, else no, no, no. This no. is this was this was absolutely this was just this was just the moment that I was supposed to have to let me know that I should do this more because it certainly wasn't an easy road the whole way through. Right. But I got off stage. And I'm getting off stage, and I was just, I'm in that rush, yeah, oh yeah, that high. No greater feeling. Yeah. And the show had ended, too. It was the last, it was, it was the end. I was the last. You closed. One. I was closed with these guys. And, I, and this hand tapped me on the shoulder, and she goes, you were beyond funny. I mean, hysterical. She's right. like, and like an interested woman to want to talk. It's Sarah Silverman. Oh, right? wow. I look at her, and I'm, remember, I'm a movie fan. So yeah. I remember everything about movies. And all I say to her is, thanks, you were great in something about Mary. She's in it for three seconds. She looked at me like I had a cock on my face. Like I was, I said, I'm like, you know what? That's the one that always makes me go, what if that situation would have been different? Because she, I know her, I can remember her face when I said it, and I drifted off. I couldn't stay there and had <laughs> like a conversation. You were too big for the room, or something. no, 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 no. It wasn't even. Maybe that. she took it as that. That's what she, I'm sure. That's how she took it. But for me, I was just like, "That's really cool." The girl from something about Mary just told me I was funny, and not even thinking like, "Idiot, stay there and talk to her and pick her brain about what the hell." Where can I get up? Yeah, or just, or just, what did you think about the set? What can I do more? Hell, you know, like anything. That's the post laugh uh, euphoria. That's the drug of laughter. Yeah, yeah. Taken yeah. Off oh, there. And especially the first time you're ever on stage yeah. and you do well. It's it, it's it's that you know. I know. I, my first time was a belly room in the comedy store, but it was a packed house uh, with all my friends from the groundlings that we all just been voted out or moved on, and we had a yeah. celebration. And I killed, killed. Yeah, and my yeah. friend Peter Sprite said that's the best stand-up comedy debut I've ever seen. And I thought I got this. Yeah. Oh, it slapped. But it's the one that kept you up there. Yeah, absolutely. That's the one. Because you're like, well, if I got that once before, I can get it again. Yeah. You keep chasing it. And yeah. Peter Sprite is funny because that that's the one guy. When I when I started the comedy store, yeah, he he was one of the first guys I saw that night when I went because after that night at the Improv, I said I always said I wanted to go to the comedy store because I was obsessed with the comedy store. Yeah, and I walked. I it was two o'clock in the afternoon one day, and I went up into the state. The door was open as the comedy store door oh, normally so, is. Yeah, how else are homeless people yeah. gonna get in there? Right. I think there was a guy shitting in the back, <laughs> but I I walked I walked inside and I and I stood on the stage and yeah. I just remembered getting my like pacing back and forth going right carlin stood here prior stood here i'm like yes you know and then that night i came back and peter sprite was on stage and bobby lee and mike Mm -hmm. young those are the three guys i remember seeing that night that's funny yeah sprite's the one who got me into stand-up he's the one who pulled me aside and said you need to do this yeah Uh, along with brian keith atheridge but um, yeah brian brian's a good guy too yeah yeah Yeah. uh and um peter warned me said the first 100 don't count ah yeah and I didn't listen. And it, God, you get beat up. Did you? Yeah. So where'd you go from there? From that high at Hollywood Improv, where do you go? Um, well, there was a place out here called uh, Luna Park, which is a yeah. re- it's not. It's, there's a restaurant here, but that's not it. It was a club, and yeah. it was it was the only straight club in in the is a, a, a gay district like on the, in, in like R- R- Robertson and yeah, Santa West Hollywood, yeah, right by the the Abbey. Yeah, and, and they have all the gay clubs over there too. But there was this one. There was one straight club, but there but downstairs in the area they had. A it, oh, lot I know of exactly. it's on Robertson. Yes, it's on Robertson, and they used exactly. to have a lot of um, a lot of shows there. So I my, actually, you know, it's funny. My first show actually was TK, who we know. Is yeah. He books he booked the Haha, which at the time was not a comedy club; it was just a restaurant. Right, and that was the first show I ever did after the Improv. And okay. then he said, I have a show at Luna Park. Come do that. And then I became one of TK's guys, and I started doing his ah, show. Okay, that's how you yeah. got it. Was he Rebels of Comedy at that point? No, was it no, just no, no. Rebels, Rebels wasn't around So yet. Mike, I didn't Mike mo- Marino and Mark Franco were still doing their I thing. Guess. And that's I, hadn't how they met, I hadn't met Mark Franco until like probably like 2002, 2003, after I got back from wrestling. Okay. Yeah, because when I, went, when I came back from wrestling, because I was going to give up stand-up for the wrestling. And I said because I was so you had started then so the, yeah, the improv yeah, yeah. Overton night of the improv was before that wrestling. was before before, okay. was before wrestling okay. yeah 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 um, that 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 happened. and I was doing and I was doing it because my my stand up was a lot different from when you knew me like oh, okay. when I started I was I was like 
175 miles per hour on stage. Like faster? Three, three cans of Red, Red Bull. Oh, like, dude, like way faster. Like, when I did your act, I was tired. No, no, no. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was way more than that, too. Like, I mean, I, I, I look at myself now and I get tired watching it. Wow. Like it's it was it was I was you know it's twenty two twenty three years old yeah. and, I was, and I remember just like run, I was, used to do Dublin's all the time yeah so when I did Dublin's I would you know it's that high energy room and I fed off the audience all right. the, and that's that was my stand up was I was able to feed off the audience and do the energy in the room and I was able to do that and I was just all over the place but I would yell and scream a lot that was my thing like my my whole act like I eventually learned how to harness it so you're saying that changed oh, it, it, oh. I harnessed it, harnessed it. That, you harnessed that, that power yes, I harnessed it because I was all screaming yelling there was no there was no peaks and valleys it was just one level and the guy who taught me that was this brilliant brilliant comedian Paul D'Angelo okay um, yeah he I mean brilliant guy just I yep. mean one of the and I just remember watching him going oh how do you craft jokes like that and he was this Boston guy and he was like yeah, yeah, you know you're fucking you're, you're all over the place you're, you're here you're Boston there you know you can't, come on yeah. come on get over and he used to mentor me and he used to and I used to go to his place and he used to say hit this do that hit that and I used to pay attention to it and I remember when I was at the wrestling mm-hmm. when at WWE still thinking about it. yeah and then I came back after I remember being on the plane going, well, I got to hit stand-up full-time now. You know, that's, yeah. that's what I got to do. Got to hit it hard. When I got back, I hit it. I did all the open mics. I did, I did more. I did the bringer rooms. I did all this stuff. And then um, Sam Tripoli, yeah. uh, who's a really funny comedian and a guy and a friend of mine you know, from the Luna Park days, he says, I just got passed at the comedy store. And be a like, so what that means for those out there, you have to test, be in front of Mitzi Shore yeah, uh, back yeah, in the day, yeah, yeah, then right, you get right. passed to be a regular, you and then your name gets on the wall. Right, and you become a regular at the comedy club. And then my buddy Brett Ernst, who mm-hmm. I used to perform with all the time, and he was a good friend of mine, and he's like, he's like, dude, let me let me recommend you the comedy store. I think you're ready. I think you're ready. So I'm like, all right, let's, you know, let's do it. So the way it worked back then was they would showcase you. Right. Like three nights you get a chance to do it. So Mitzi would come in, and she would sit in the back, and she would watch... Um, You'd get three minutes, and if she liked you, she you either she could pass you right there, or she'd say come back for six, come back for ten. And some it was funny when I start, I remember starting my first showcase started in the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get passed until November. Um, wow! And but that was but the funny thing is I you would be able to go up that it was Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday is when you could go. And I remember some of these guys that I was showcasing with, they're like, oh, she's not here tonight. I'm not going up. I'm like, why wouldn't you go up? You have right. a room at the comedy store every night to go right. up now and test out your stuff because she could be here tomorrow. Right. And you know, and the energy might not be on tonight, but at least you're trying out, oh, that didn't work. Let me try to do this. And I did that. And it was, like I said, it was, there was one time I was, it was three minutes and she was in the room and I had a good set. She's like, you're really good. You should come back for six. And I came back for six. And then finally, you know, th- it was November. She came. Right. Mitzi's finally coming in again. She's going to watch everybody. And I just had one of those sets. Right. And she's like, you should do comedy here. You should be your home. And I became a regular. Became home. Yeah. How, how many nights a week were you doing it? Seven? Oh, when I was when I got passed, yeah. um, the, it again the things have changed the other way things work. But you could as a once you became a regular, you had Monday m- regular nights like uh, you would be able to just pop in. You would be able to just go in there mm-hmm. and sign your name up, and they did it for three nights. I think they only do it one or two now, but you could do it three nights. And I was up there every night. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, night I start getting spots. So sometimes I could be four nights, sometimes it could be five nights. It just depended. Um, but you know, but at the same time, I was doing. That's when I started doing more of Mark Franco shows. Right. And so I was getting up at the comedy store. I was getting up, and Mark took good care of me, and he put me up at the Improv. And then, that's where I met you, the Hollywood Improv. Yeah, I met you. First at the time improv. I ever remember. Can I say the first time I yeah. ever really, really remember you? Yeah. I know. I remember you. I probably seen you, and I definitely seen your act. When you were giving shots to that girl with it for her birthday, and you got in trouble. I did get in trouble. Yeah. I almost got banned from the improv. That. Yeah. that was a great. That's one I of the. I love that. That's when I liked you. Yeah, I gave <laughs> that uh, a drunk lady in the front row. I gave her a shot of tequila, and we had a great moment. Some of my yeah. best riffs, and they came up to me after. And we're like, "Don't do that again." Yeah. I, I was like, "Don't you talk to me about liability?" I was an idiot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was up. First time I ever really remember going. Oh, that's that Christian guy. You were upstairs in the improv, sitting with our friend Martini. Yeah. Just talking to her, yeah. and uh, you were kind of sullen in the corner, and I was like, "That guy is just so cool." <laughs> he's never going to be friends with me. Like, I couldn't even... I just and I was just kind of sitting there preparing to do my stupid little Star Wars vagina comedy. But that goes back to me. That, that had nothing to do with you. That goes back to me in the seventh, eighth grade. Like, yeah. I had... I had to go. I didn't think anybody there thought I was cool. There was some fucking weirdo that was just sitting in the corner by himself because I would have to get into my own head and I'd sit in the back there. And it wasn't about 
Like I always did that. I always just yeah. sat in the back, even when we were all friendly too. too I still yeah, did that. I come to learn that, and yeah. part of the reason it's just a perception because yeah. you were you were so damn funny, and and we I always joke you really started to like me when I'd introduce you with one of my favorite comics in L.A. and I meant it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you you so you were you're good, and then there's this well he's just in the corner, you know. So it's my problem that I'm like. You know. Yeah, no, I mean, dude, I'm sure you're not the only one. Like, because again, I, I remember thinking, like, ah, people. I'm like, and then I'm, I remember also thinking, I can't care about that. I have to worry about no. my set. I have to worry about getting up there. At that point, you were full full bore stand up. Oh, in 2000, that was like 2004, 2005. That was, yeah. that was 2005, and, yeah, and I was um, regular. I became regular at the comedy store at the end of 2002. So, what were your plans then? You know, same as everybody else, travel. I mean, I also, right. I was doing colleges then too. Right. Like Retta, who's on Parks and Rec now. Um, she uh, she hooked me up with my college agent, so I was okay. doing colleges all the time, you know. And um, yeah. at the time, again, I was living with Teresa. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, was she was out here. She was out here. She was out here. And again, and I think that was wow. uh, that was the kind of downfall, I think, of of the first stage of stand up because like I mm. I did I had to decide, and it actually it's funny it all leads into schmoes to be honest with you too right. because okay. because I remember being with her and we're, it was it was a choice of either trying to continue this relationship that I was in. Or just go with stand up. And because stand up was treating me good. I got right. really good at that time and with improv and the comedy store. But she was out here, we were talking about marriage and all that kind of stuff. And then I, she's like, Well, are you ever going to get a normal job? Are you ever going to do that? I'm like, uh. I'm like, Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like I, I don't know what kind of normal job I could get. Um, and she's like, Well, you like movies? And I'm like, Well, I do like movies. So that you're right. I called my buddy, Trevor Engelson, who mm-hmm. we've actually had on the Schmoes yeah. podcast, and he's a manager and a producer. But at the time, uh, he was a manager, and, and he came up to me one day at, after doing a set, and just we just five yeah. minutes. He's a New York dude. And I called him in 2003, and I was like, Dude, I, you know, I'm looking for like a gig while I'm doing stand up, like anything to kind of get me movie wise. And he had a buddy he went to college with who worked at Village Roadshow. Right. We did the Matrix films, and you see them all over the place. They're financiers, and they produce a lot of stuff. So he's like, "Let me call him over. See, would you want to do an internship?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll do an internship." So I interned over at Village Roadshow, and I kind of made my my grounds there. I met my buddy Fred Klein, who's a really mm. good dude, and he was he kind of like mentored me there as well, and kind of taught me the ropes with development and how things kind of work there. So I, I I was at Village, and I interned there for a bit, and then I was like, "Well, I got to get something paid." So I started working at Alcon Entertainment as mm-hmm. like a runner. And which is just running around like delivering scripts yeah, and stuff. The lowest people. level, more or less. Um, but it was cool. It was a good job. The people were cool over there, and and so. But I was on the inside there. But my stand up started to kind of not right. do as much. And then back and forth, Teresa. And then Teresa and I just fell apart. It was done. Did you come home and find her in bed with a writer? It wasn't in bed with a writer. Um, but the reason Ken is asking that is because I wrote that into my pilot. Yeah. Um, Grass Pinnacles. Available on Schmo Plus. On Schmo Plus. Uh, and no, but it, it was what happened was I was walking my dog and like I knew things. Like she had moved out to another right. apartment. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And That's like a pretty clear cut. Yeah. And then, but then we had just had this whole thing just happened. So then I, uh, I'm walking my dog and I'm like, and, and th- th- I was supposed to see her and I'm going, something's wrong. Right. I felt it. Yeah. Like, something's wrong. And it, more or less, it was like I just it, it, I discovered the truth, the truth, the truth. And and so it, regardless, we broke up, and uh, and she, and it didn't work out. She went back to New York. Uh, she took off. She and left. Then, you broke her heart, or she broke yours, and she she you know she, it was I just I'm just the type of person. That's it. I'm not right. I'm not going to be like, like look. I, I mean, her and I we're still friends and everything too. <laughs> but so that's it. You got back to her like five times. No, after yeah, but you—that's it. So that was that it. never happened before. So when the so yeah, so it was no, it was it. it was it was infidelity. It was cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That's where the truth. Was that. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the truth came out. So I said, so I'm like, nah, no, no way. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, look, we're we've always had we're we're, we're good, but we're good. Like I'm, we'll always be friends, but no. And then forgiven, not forgotten. And then it was like that scene in uh, in Gladiator with Maximus, like inside my head, unleash hell, <laughs> <laughs> and like, and then that just was where <laughs> that. About the time that 2006 rolls around, this is, this around, is right? 2005. This is to be two, it was the end of 2004, and then 2005 is when right. I started because then I just because I in the beginning of 2005 mm-hmm. I got my job at silver working at Silver Pictures. Gotcha, and that came about by luck. I mean, right. you talk about luck. I was working at Alcon yeah. at our team, and I got a I got an email from somebody like those mass emails are going, hey. Yeah. David Gambino and Eric Olson, um, two uh, executives over at Joel Silver's company, are looking for an assistant. I'm like, 
I'm like, I'm a runner at yeah. Alcon. How the hell am I going to get this? So I'm like, whatever. So I call my buddy Jesse Israel, and like, who was working over there at the time. And I go, Jesse, you know, I'd like to try to get in there, man. And he's like, yeah, let me see if I, what I can do. I can shoot. And he got me the interview. And I just remember doing that thing that I did at, at WWE. And I yeah. said, turn it on. Right. Tell your stories. Talk about Because I know all the movies that they yeah. did. I know Predator. I know Die Hard. I know all this stuff. you know. And then I just talked movies. And David Gambino, again, if you, for anybody who listens to Schmoes, has, has known that David's been on the show. And, and we just vibrate away. And, it, and then I got my old friend, Rachel uh, Rothman, who I used to work for. Like, she's a manager. Yeah. She called up. And gave like this raving review how great of a system right, it was, right. and I was a terrible assistant, but but gave a raving review about it, and they and I went through one or two rounds, and it took me a little bit, and I got the job mm-hmm. with them, mm-hmm. and I remember David saying, "All right, kid, you got the job," and I just it was literally like that, and then we, uh, and that was it. So it was that. It was I had an, I had no relationship now. I was living with and Winkleman just moved in. My buddy Adam Winkleman oh, just moved boy. in. Oh boy, is this that place over behind the Beverly Center? Yeah, because Teresa and I lived there first. Oh really? Yeah, well, that was our place. And okay. Then, then it turned into the. the oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it turned into a bad place. It, it turned into a house of ill repute. <laughs> um, but then, uh, but yeah, but then uh, so Win- Winkleman was working there. I mean, Winkleman Wink- was living there. Then I got Winkleman a job at Silver. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so I started working at Silver Pictures. I'm single. I'm still doing stand up. Right. You know, and so it's that's all I had at this point was my job and stand up. So my so relationship was stand up. Right. And then, then I really dedicated my life to stand up really too. It was yeah. tough. It was tough. But you, and you punctuated uh, that that relationship with some other fun times. The the 2006 Harloff. 2006 that I met. was the was the one of the one of the best year before I met my wife. It was one of the best years of my life. Yeah, and uh, let me you know your wife. I'm so glad that you found someone that you can uh, settle down with. Mm-hmm. But it truly for you is settling down. Like, and I don't mean in a bad way. Like, yeah. it's like that you needed to land the space shuttle for the moon. It, I mean, look, <laughs> you I, were over. She knows who she. She knows I was an animal. She knows. I mean, it was, that was. Th- but that was the thing. If you, but it makes more sense now if you think about it too. Right. I was pent like I was on and off with my ex girlfriend for a period yeah. of like eight years on and off so yeah. then when i went nuts in college i went nuts and when i went nuts okay. when i was doing stand-up i went nuts and it yeah. wasn't i you know it, I, I watched it from afar and watched it up close because i many times would have people come up to me girls and and it'd be like hi how you doing i'm, I'm ken hey can you tell me about your friend christian what's he about <laughs> like it's, it's just all the time uh he, he wasn't a disrespectful animal you no, weren't some no, crazy no, no, guy. No, no. I wasn't. A, I, you just were a successful, funny, good-looking cat, and uh, with great chemistry. But I think the reason why I, I was able to do what I did. I was talking to somebody about that. I was talking to Tiffany about this the other day, and I mm-hmm. said, "You can't lie to you, you can't lie to women. Like, no. about to be like, tell them honestly. Honestly, it works. If you say right off the bat, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want to do. This mm-hmm. is you know, this is this is what I'm all about right now. Right." Like a lot of guys have the line of, oh yeah yeah I'll be with you baby I'll do this and then they take off and it's like that guy's a scumbag you I had, never yeah you girls gravitating to well that was also because of stand up though well too, no so. I, but it goes with it all with the territory I remember sitting downstage uh, in Amalfi's beneath room five when this one girl shows up all dressed up and we we're all like what's uh, she all dressed up for tonight and it was you like she was on oh, a mission right, to right. get you I you know. you you were a magnet. For these women. That's only again. That's only because I, I, these people ask like when when you're doing good in stand up like and and like you're you have that confidence on stage. Yeah. It's 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 attractive to people like you know. And, I never had that confidence, so I was never attracted you to though, people. Should have though too. That's the whole point with you though too. You listen to your jokes on the news, dude. You're like you are a brilliant <laughs> writer. You're so like that was the thing. If you had that confidence back in room five, you my stand up was all about how much I was uh, trying to come overcome my self hate. Yeah. Self-loathing. Now we worked through that. But that's. But I left stand up. I, I got happy and I left stand up. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of what I did too. But um, right. But yeah. But uh, but those days, the 2006 days. Good were days. Fun. Yeah. Did you meet any? Uh, any you know, Schmoville wants me to ask the big question. The big questions. Yeah. Do you uh at this you hadn't formed Schmoville yet? Schmoville, but you're working at Silver Pictures. I was working at Silver Pictures. You had a great bit. One of my favorite bits of yours yeah. was uh, about Battlestar Galactica. You're gonna do that, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm well, gonna do it. Here, let me before we get into that. Let me let yeah. me tell you this. Oh yeah, you lead this. Let me. I want to tell you this because I was listening to a couple of your episodes. Yeah. Oh, and, thank you. No, I do. I listen from time to time. And and the thing that I think you should do is you're very good with talking to people. You're very it's good. Just casual conversations. It's about very life. casual conversations. Do not let people edit themselves. If they say something on this show, 
That's it. I only had one person edit himself. I'm not going to say who. Uh-huh. He said something that later on. He said, "Look, I'd like to take it out no, because of, you say no of like uh, reasons it met." So I, I say no. That's absolutely. I had somebody that's say good. That to you. you say no because so it's like I will not. I will not edit anything out of this show. Well, I'm just saying. In that's good. I don't care. Did yeah. you date Katie Sackville? <laughs> <laughs> Did not date Bonnie Somerville. <laughs> Uh, that really? was, that's the question that comes up all the time. It does come will, up all the time. I will time. tell that right now because again, uh-huh. I, and I just it's it's to the point where I'm just I'm just it's it's so silly at this point. You're a married man. Yeah. And my again She's my an wife, engaged woman. Yeah. Bonnie Somerville first. <laughs> okay? Because let's talk about this. Bonnie Somerville. Bonnie okay. Somerville, I had never dated ever. She's a close friend of mine. She's the godmother She's of your daughter, right? Yeah. Her and my and my wife are good friends. She dated Adam Winkleman. That's yeah. how I met her. I don't know how the rumor started with Bonnie and I dating. It's really bizarre. I think people just assume any woman who's come on the Shmosno podcast you've dated it's at so some point. It's so bizarre. Like, literally, there was something that said, does Bonnie and Katie don't come on the show mm-hmm. together? Because, oh, because I was like, there's some tension. It's so, it's so silly, and it's like, no, they don't even know each other. They've never met before. They've never spoken. Right? No. Um, Katie Sackoff. So, so in 2006, yeah. you uh, going in 2007, but in 2006 you had a great bit about Battlestar Galactica. Yes. How you were, you didn't need a girlfriend because you, you I spent I every. Do, I, I, I did. I did cancel um, a date. For, I was watching Battlestar Galactica. Like I remember right. this, and and I, this, this poor girl. Uh, I was we were supposed to go out, and I was so like in the trenches of Battlestar. Right. And I was like, we can go out next week. And I called her up, and I was like, can we cancel? Some? <laughs> you I, cancel the I, date. I cancel. Yeah. For Battlestar, and, and your joke, and I'm paraphrasing your joke yeah. poorly, but it was like you didn't you don't need a girlfriend because you have Starbucks every Friday night. On no, I didn't say Starbucks. I said, I said Cylons. I, didn't, I never. I remember never, the joke in Starbucks. Never bought Starbucks up there. Okay. But uh, I met I met I don't, Katie. I, don't I was when true, I was working at Silver Pictures. I yeah. met Katie. Um. We were, uh, yeah, she, she came in for a general because I was watching, like I said, Ethan Irwin and I were watching Battlestar Galactica and we're like, this show's awesome, dude. Yeah. We're telling Naveed, I was like, dude, you got to watch it. I'm like, and there's some really good actors and actresses on each day. We used to have generals with yeah. them all the time. So he had a general with Trisha Helfer mm-hmm. and, a, and a general with Katie. Yeah. Um, so Trisha came in, we talked, we talked to her, had a great meeting with her, and then Katie came in, and then her and I just hit it off. We became friends. Right. And we saw like a comedy show or something together, mm-hmm. and then we just became. Friends, and bottom line is, long, long time ago, yes, dated for a couple of months. Right. It was a couple of months, and then... Right. Know, and then it Do was... Do you feel good getting that out to the Just because it's just so stupid Do you feel point? good getting it out? No, it's not a matter of getting it out. It's like, you know, you're the only person to get it out, because Rotten Tomatoes asked us about it, too, while Katie was on the show. Right. And the stupid thing is, like, look, here, it's like, it was a long, long time ago, and she's engaged, yeah. um, married, yeah, and she, it was, su- we're super good friends now. Like, her, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, uh, her and Sadie, like, t- are friendly. Yeah. And it's so stupid. It's like, so it's just like one of these things where I just want, I'm hoping that if I put it out there now, people stop. People stop. Yeah. I, I've been waiting for you to get it out because I remember those grand few months so well. So, so well. Yes. I remember being your friend during that era. And yeah. I didn't watch Battlestar at the time, so I was like, well, yeah, whatever. How far we're going to get into this? We're now. not going to get, no, we're not yeah. going to get into. Yeah. It was it was just bizarre because, like, I had the joke. I won't I, talk about you moping in center field. I won't do that. You're but. an idiot. <laughs> so, like, it, like, there was a, there literally was, uh, I had that joke, and then, yeah. and I think, it was, and two, I don't know, it was like two days, two weeks later, whatever it was, I did the joke, and two weeks later, she was at one of the shows, and like, Jamie Kaler came up to me, and he's like, so that's all you got to do. You got to write a joke about the show, and then that'll happen. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, legitimately, what it was. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what happened. I mean, no, not a lot of people are going to have a chance to have a general meeting and put your joke and bit in front of her. And, and right. Well, that was right. and again. It just shows just going into the fact that we're. She's just such a cool girl, and like she, yeah, she is Starbuck to me. Like ah, not like really. I, I, she's I, not that tough. Like that that she's, well, she yeah, can, she that. can she be can tough, be. but she's just so cool, you know. And like yeah. she, that was the thing with her is that like it, her again to this day we just have a very uh, cool back and forth. Yeah, and that was what it was in in the general. It was like it's just two people like we knew. She she got she's great. Everyone knows who listens to the show. She's got a great sense of humor. Yeah, um, funny girl, and it just and it was that was the thing. It was just it was it, we were able to just keep a, a great. Relationship because again, at, this is two three years later. She came back on the Schmo show. That she was she's one of the people that I say is really responsible for helping building Schmo right. to what it is because she did an interview with Mark and I in my old place. Yeah, in your and, living room, right? Yeah, and she sat down with us for like an hour, and we just put four. You probably still yeah. on the channel. You could see him, but they, like, yeah. she sat down. We talked, and she's been great. She comes on the show all the time. She she was our co-host for four months, yeah. and it's just she'll uh, be back. 
make some appearances. Yeah, she come soon. back. She come back in August. Yeah. So again, she's right. she got a, she got a, she got a great fiance, good dude, treating her well, everything's good. And, uh, and she's well, like, you know, it, it's it's a lot of people remain friends with people they've maybe had some yort. sort of romantic entanglements with, and that's and what you guys are. But, but it, it's it, just hardly even. I mean, literally, maybe maybe two and a half, three months. It was one of those things. It's like, oh yeah, okay, great, sure, and we're friends. You know, yeah, just me and Starbuck. That's it. <laughs> Let's. Uh, we're going to run out of time before we get into Schmoville. Do you want to do Schmoville in a second episode? We're going to have to do a second episode. Right. But I hope you come back for a second yeah, episode. But sure. but let's finish up with stand up comedy uh, and how you moved into the producing world. Like yeah. like um, did you at one was there some conscious movement in your brain? Like I need to leave stand up, or did it just was it hard to leave it? Uh, I mean that's a super jump. I mean because I I continue doing stand up. Probably you know because I met I met my wife in uh, at a at a show mm-hmm. and in in 2007 and we uh, and I was to continue doing stand up for a while and then the white boy comedy which mm-hmm. was a, that things kind of fell out I I was really at home there it was like there was comedy yeah. store and white boy comedy were my two homes yeah yeah so I had a falling out of white boy comedy that didn't I wasn't going on anymore so when I was yeah. doing comedy store here and there and I was do like I was with my 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 wife now but my girlfriend at the time and we and I remember I would leave to do a set at the comedy store at one in the morning I'm like do I right. still want to be doing this one in the morning I have right. my, a girlfriend there and then I'm like well it's again it's that it was that choice again yeah. it was that choice again it was stand up or the real world thing but to me this time stand up to me was like at one point was always like that really good girlfriend who was treating you well and, right. and the sex was great and everything was right. great but some but she could be a real bitch <laughs> right, you know what I mean, and then right. at this point in my life, she was being a bitch, and I didn't really care about her as much. And it was because I was doing my and Ellis and I did a, a gig in Alaska, mm-hmm. and I was doing like an I hour. That, yeah. I was doing like an hour of material and getting laughs, doing well. And I remember thinking to myself, it doesn't feel real right now. Hmm. Like it doesn't feel like I'm not, I'm not, I don't love it. You know, and it's not just like one of these things where you're just like, oh, okay, I'm in, I'm in a dump. It's like, it's like. I don't like I, again the girlfriend thing. I don't love you anymore. You know, right. and like, and I didn't want. I never wanted to be cheap to it. Never wanted to say like like I I respected it too much to just try to power through it. And be like oh, I'm just gonna keep doing it and just kind of pussyfoot around it. It's like if I wasn't in it 100, percent I didn't want to do it. Right. So and then so I got back and I started um, because I I guess we yeah, that's the whole grasping straws thing. But like yeah. before that, um, then I start I started temping. Right. I started I temping yeah. at Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, just to kind of you know pay the bills, and then I got a producing job through Warner Brothers and reality TV, um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then uh, you know then uh, then all the schmoes stuff happened from there, which which we'll need a whole separate show to talk yeah. about there. So so there wasn't exactly a keep. I actually had a specific moment, even though later on I came back to stand up for a year. I was I drove two hours to a show in Huntington Beach and got ten dollars to perform in front of eight people, mm-hmm. five who were Connolly show. Yeah, no Johnny LaCosta's oh, okay, show, okay. and I uh, went down with Sam Ventura and we went down there and. Eight people were watching. Five were playing pool and didn't want to stop. And I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. That this is not yeah. what I want to put my energy into. It's tough because those shows. That's the. I mean, it's the opposite of what we were talking about before. Right. You those. You have the first show that seduces you, and then when you really hit like the. You know, it's like the wrestler. You know, yeah. the, the, with Mickey. Mickey Rourke. Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's like when you when you're performing in front of a gym in front of three yeah. people, you're like, oh, uh, what am I doing? But it's it's that's 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 the game. I, I miss know? I miss the friends like I always say on a regular mm-hmm. basis. But I miss killing uh, as I did from time to time in front of 230 people at the Hollywood Improv. Nothing can beat that feeling. Dude, I'm, it's very I'm, hard to. It's tough. I mean, it, it is. My father-in-law just asked me the other day. He's like, "What did that feel like?" And he's like, yeah. "What was it?" Because I'd done a show, I guess, one time in front of like you know, it was like 2,500, 3,000 people, and they all, and I was headlining at one of the yeah. colleges, and I just did, I slaughtered it, you know. And it was yeah. one of those shows, and it, it it it's indescribable. It's just like it's it a is, drug. It's you drugs. get off stage, you head out to the bar. Or just you just get off stage and there's a feeling that the universe is right. Yeah, and it, I mean we felt it all the time at Room yeah. Five at the White Boy shows. You yeah. get off, you'd have those big sets, and you knew, hey, it, it was the energy. You could feel the vibe and feel yeah. it and feel how it was. And that was what was really cool about the White Boy comedy days was that, um, you know, it was that kind of little. Like you and Beatrice had talked about on your last episode. It was yeah. that. It, it was that it was that vibe was really good that you felt it. You, you, it was it was even when somebody did bad. Yeah. It was okay because your friends were still there, and it was yeah. it was that rare thing because you don't really get that a lot in stand up. No, stand up is not a comforting world. No, it's not, and that that was what was so great about that back yeah. then. But um, but you know, just in regards to stand up, it was uh, it, it was. I mean, I never, I don't say any, like I don't regret a single thing about it for no, sure. No, I know. 
And it's just, and um, yeah, it's just, just it was that time that I said it's right now. I, just, I you got to choose to do it. Yeah, there's yeah. a dividing line where this becomes a profession uh, versus, you know, I watch uh, Lou Santini, my close friend, work for three hours on jokes every day yeah, in his room. That, and that's the thing. And that's what people have to do. Mark Ellis yeah. is great on stage. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen Mark Ellis, it comes out naturally. That is crafted, and a lot of work goes into that. Yeah, and, and, um, and Louis C.K., I have people tell me, oh, I love Louis C.K. He just got up there with, with telling the stories. He tells that same story over and over and over, and each word is crafted. But let me tell you something about him, though. And yeah. This is a story I always tell that I love about Louis C.K., and one of the th- reasons that he's one of my favorite comedians of all time. Mine too, yeah. I was at the comedy store one night at, it was maybe like, maybe one in the morning. And Louis C.K. comes in. He's like, I want to do a spot. And they're like, there's only six people in the audience. He goes, I don't care. Right. And he jumped in. And there might have been 6,000 people in the audience. You wouldn't have known. Right. And the way he was performing. And then it was like, that, to me, that's a pro. I mean, that's yeah. a guy that just, like, he didn't, it was just, you just he was working. Right. He was working, and I was. That's the the key word there. It's like you saw the way he was doing it, and yeah, that's how. And that's when I was in the thick of it. That's how I would do. I mean, I yeah. would go home. I would write jokes. I would do this. I would. I would perform. I was going up seven nights a week, uh, two night, two shows a night. Then yeah. I would go to Silver, go back, you know, and that's what I was doing every, yeah. every, every week. And then that's what you can do when you don't have a relationship. You know, and that's yeah. That's, that's why that's I give Steve Renazzisi all the credit in the world. Like Steve Renazzisi yeah. is a good buddy of mine. He's married, has two kids hit TV show to stand up all the time, holds his marriage. I mean, that guy, he's, he's, that's how you got to do it. Bob Oshak's another guy too. Uh, yes, yeah. Oshak. I love Oshak. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to be married and have, yeah. and do it. Such, it is. Such I such found every time I was in a relationship, I was out of comedy. Every time I was single, I was back in and yeah. I finally left. It's just yeah. the way it works. I'd love to have you back to talk more. We have not even got into the biggest thing of all in your life other than your wife and your child. And that is Schmo's no. Yeah. Um, so would you come back into the studio? Can I prop up another beer for you? Yeah, let's do it. And maybe we'll get the editing button out yeah get the editing button out. okay uh, that's christian harloff <laughs> i'm kat knapsack this has been the knapsack files tune in next week for part two of christian harloff where we talk about schmoes no and who else he may or may not have dated in hollywood we'll see you next time well you can find me at, at bob finstock <laughs>